how uh, how was the uh, the the how were the two days that uh, that you Dennis and Jake uh, as a crowded table filled in for us? Uh, overall, I felt uh, I felt overwhelmingly good for the most part. I mean, I think there were some highs and lows. Uh, definitely, uh, I think our biggest thing is that. Um, we're a lot in our own heads, which I think probably goes away with time. Mm, no, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still always in my own head <laughs> yeah, every so show. Whether it does or doesn't, uh, we overthink everything. We always want to analyze everything right on the spot. Me, personally, I still think I'm susceptible to um, criticism no matter where it comes from. Mm. So uh, other than those little minor things, I would say it was a success. Uh, what was it like doing back-to-back -back shows? Because you do a podcast, which is once a week, and now you have the Saturday night show on the bone, which that's once a week. And then I gave you the opportunity to try to get some momentum and do back-to-back -back shows what was it like trying to gather enough content to fill eight hours I didn't at the time I didn't feel that it was that bad I mean after the discussion that you and I had where you told me it seemed like we struggled to find content the second day ouch um you know I didn't I didn't feel it that much in the moment uh but looking back just kind of like you said, we're used to doing one podcast a week. At this point, we're doing two hours on Saturday night here on The Bone. So, I mean, obviously, the preparation that goes into once a week is much different than two days, four hours, back-to-back. -back. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's you, it's, a, it's a grind. you got to dig. And you hear from a lot of people that, oh, I would love to hear these guys for two straight weeks. And you hear from people that said, just put your best ofs on. And I just wasn't ready. And I told John that I wasn't ready to give them two straight weeks filling in for us because – I just wanted to give them back-to-back -back shows because here's the thing. They're not – when they're getting on the air, people aren't judging them going, oh, these guys have done a couple of shows, so, uh, you know, let's take it for what it's worth. They're they're going to put you guys up against Drew and Calta and all the fair. other big shows on the station. So want to make sure you guys are ready when you want to do, you know, a week's worth of straight shows. Absolutely. You know, um, it, it will, the biggest thing was is we all left this room – on Tuesday, and I know you didn't listen everything, thinking that Tuesday was a much better show. And then after, you know, the conversation Seth and I met and talked for a little bit, uh, you know, he kind of disagreed and said that the content and, and the show overall from what he heard was better on Monday. So, you know, I think for us understanding big picture, what really makes a great show, like we don't even... What we may think is a great show on a given day might not be what Seth thinks is a great show sure. or somebody else. So taking all those things into consideration, it, you know, is a learning process, of course. I heard all of uh, two minutes while I was driving, and I heard Tuesday's show, and I heard that you did the same thing that I did, which is probably the worst thing. If my son did this, I would be devastated, which is finding where your parents hide your Christmas presents mm. and then unwrapping them. Yeah. I did it. it is the worst. Well, and then it ruins Christmas for everybody. Totally ruins I it. I mean, if your parents know about it, but yep. even for you, the, the surprise is over. You know what Christmas, you're Christmas morning's ruined. And not only did I unwrap it, I played with it. My mom got me a little Casio keyboard one year. I unwrapped it, took it out of you the box. played with it? Plugged it in. And played Ugh. it. How uneventful was Christmas morning? I mean, I'm like, oh, cool, a Casio keyboard. <laughs> Thanks. Look, I can play Take On Me by Aha. So, and Nikki, you would agree with the assessment that uh, that everything went smoothly? For the, yeah, for the most part, I thought they did well for their first, you know, their two shows back to back. Okay. Mm hmm. Any any anything we need to we need to iron out here? I don't know. I learned at uh, the last tease that apparently there's stuff that needs well, to be ironed out. Well, well I will, it, obviously what we're doing here is digging into that. I will say your last tease. I did not ever say those words. If you want to repeat, <laughs> if, if you want to repeat, if you want to repeat them, you can just so people can know that I didn't say it. Suffocating cloud of negativity. Yes. Cool. That, 
that was that was the word that you used. So which, you guys can learn how to run your own board, and I'll have the days off. See, I haven't even said a single word out of my mouth yet, and this is this is what I'm getting. I was going to preface this whole statement with Nikki is a friend of of mine personally. Mm-hmm. Not only that, she is probably the biggest one of the biggest supporters and actually listens to our podcast and our show on the bone more often than most in the building. So I have no personal vendetta against her the conversation that that seth and i had regarding the show like i said before we are very in our own head nikki i felt when we were in this room nothing that we could do was good enough i felt Mm. you didn't like anything we did Mm. and for us when we're trying to find our own way and be positive you know being positive on the couple bumps that we already did have i said that was sometimes hard to overcome I, i don't feel like that's wrong for me to say okay Nikki? I'm sorry if I made you feel that way. I'm looking for fisticuffs here. What? I'm not going to get in an argument with them. I mean, I'm not looking to get in an argument either. But I'm, we're I'm looking just, to get you know, guys in an argument. Are. That's what they want. <laughs> so what you're looking for, John, is when you're in a room with Nikki and you're doing the show, knowing that out of everybody in the room, she has the most experience by far, you're looking to lean on her. So you need her for certain things. So when things are going wrong, you want her to try to pump you up and not let you know that things are as bad as you think they are. Mm. Yeah, I mean, in those moments, you know, like the one thing that really, if we want to break down specifics, yeah. I I we, I had the Bigfoot guy on. We came up yeah. with this guy with an idea. It was Dennis's idea generally to have a Bigfoot expert on the line. So I found what... I found to be the most credible guy. He'd been on with Joe Rogan. He was on History Channel. The he's, most credible he's big foot expert. This, yeah. And you want to know what? And, and, and everybody can laugh, and that's fine. But this guy is a legitimate professor. He's a scientist at the at, at the University of uh, Idaho. So I thought this would be good, and I thought it would be an opportunity for me to try and spread this this theory of credibility sure. with Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. It was probably a bomb. I mean, it was. It, it just was. It fell flat. Okay. There was. He, he was monotone. There wasn't much to it. And I was feeling that. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody was feeling that. And there was, and, and Nikki specifically, I could tell, really, I felt like she just felt it bombed well, so bad. here's the thing. I wasn't going to ask a question, so I was just sitting there listening to it. Yeah. Because I'm not going to ask a question. I was letting you guys do your show. Yeah, and, and I understand was that I completely. Was I supposed to... I mean, I no, told you well, a point. Well, you should probably wrap it up. Well, okay, we're we're starting the argument. We didn't want to start, but to me, if you've got <laughs> a, if you've got enough if you if you've got enough in you to say something negative, you could possibly find a way to spin it better. I and just, I told you guys it wasn't the worst thing ever, and that you guys are overreacting about how awful you kept saying it was. I, I don't. I, don't I told Dennis that. Okay, okay. And I'm pretty sure I told you that that you don't have to harp on it. All all I'm saying in the the conversation that I had with Seth that's leading to all of this <laughs> is that I felt that you were and you and I can go out and have a great time and we can talk in the hallways here in this building when we're working together in this studio. Okay. You come off as condescending to us and you were overly negative at would, times. Okay, would cool. you say John that Nikki is a little too much the club and you want a little more new day? <laughs> I read that on Uncle I mean, Cam's if, Twitter. If you're, try, if you're trying to, to make a wrestling the, analogy, make a wrestling analogy, maybe we have John but from I, the crowded table here. I Nikki feel like is, we're so. on that level. Like even our text leading up to doing the show together, it was let's have fun, let's all be together. But when we felt when we were in this room, I felt like you were in an authoritarian role over us. Do you feel like you had to crack the well, whip on them, Nikki? Yeah, it felt like somebody had to be responsible in here. Mm. Oh, and maybe that's the case. And, and maybe that is the case. It, I, mean, I mean, it felt like somebody, I was, you know, I was supposed to just come in here and do, I was doing all my job besides I'd sent some ideas, but I mean, I was doing stuff. I was running the board and I was, 
dealing with different things, but I mean, if you thought I was negative, that's fine. I'm sorry. And you can have Isaiah, who you guys hate talking so much on your other show, in here some more. <laughs> and have him crack the mic when you guys don't want him on. Nikki, here's listen, you, you don't need to be upset about it. I think it's it's a learning experience for everybody because John and the Crowded Table, they're not experienced hosts. And you, although you did some executive producing when you were with Miguel and Holly, mm -hmm. this is a whole new thing for you to know. And look, it took me a long time in my career, actually mm. probably just the last few years, to, few years to realize how much a host might lean on me and might go, if, they see, if Drew looks over at my face, let's say Bob Jordan's on the air and I'm going, man, what the hell's going on? Right. You know, that could affect him and that could throw Here's him off. The, if sure. he felt this way, he should have told me off air instead of you guys bombarding me in the, like oh, this. Boy. Okay, well, thanks, John. Appreciate you coming by. Nikki, Once again, Nikki's torpedoed a bit with her sensitivity. Okay, whatever. I'm... Well, happy 2017, everybody. Nikki, come here. Sit, just sit down for a second. We don't want to hold. Stop feeding me with my sensitivity. I'm sorry. I'm sensitive. Okay. We just wanted to have a conversation. There, there were issues that John had when they were filling in, and and there were issues that you clearly had. I know you probably weren't a fan of everything they did, and that's okay. We just wanted to talk about it. I yeah, know, that's but all. couldn't Nobody's you guys have told me this instead of the break before? Why, like, why, 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 do, why do I need to tell you, Nikki? Like, I, I tell you a lot of things, and I appreciate your insight, and you help the show out yeah. a lot. But w when it gets down to it, I, I'm the executive producer, Drew's okay. the host, and we're going to have a lot of conversations about how bits are going to go and what we're going to do. Okay, well, when you're going to put me in this corner, I feel like I should know. What's a, what's a corner about John telling you that he thought you were a when bit negative? When you come in and tell me I'm basically a horrible person, I should <laughs> at least know. That is not what I said at all. I preface this whole thing with I consider you and I to be friends and whether or not this conversation somehow affects that I hope it doesn't you know there were th there were blatantly things you thought we didn't do well or that we that weren't handled right from our perspective while doing the show and you've been you've sat in here in this show when you've told us to our face that you thought we were good and then given us a worse rating the next day after it's, because it's, that's it's, what I'm supposed to well, do then you, I'm then not we're, supposed then to we're tell, all in the same boat then we're all in the same boat great. here then well we're all in the same boat here then I mean I'm I've given some honest feedback in the most, uh, you know, critical yet professional way possible. I didn't want this to be what it is right now. So I, I'm sorry for, for you emotions. not knowing. I, I don't know. I, I mean. Well, you should have told me if that's how you really felt. Maybe after the first show, you should have said, hey, I felt this way and I could have worked on you, it for the second you, show for you. You kind of just, I, I've accepted you as having that tone. I mean, you can be not completely pleasant at all times. I don't know if anybody has ever told you that. In work settings, you can be that way. That doesn't change the fact that I enjoy with you. I could go hang out with you downtown, and I think you're a good person. But sometimes when we work together, it's just not a warm, fuzzy feeling. Okay. And at a time... And by the way, I feel the same way about Seth. Like, and, and, and it doesn't mean that he's a horrible person, and it doesn't mean that you're a horrible person, and it doesn't mean that you're a horrible person. We're just talking about stuff here. There's no need to, like, there's, there's absolutely no need to take Wait, it so personally. There's an issue with me now? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying that there are times when when you when you're you're influence in a room when things don't go well can be a bit well and that's the thing whether or not it was meant to be that way or not you did influence this room and whether or not it was right wrong or indifferent because you were sitting behind that board and you were somewhat an extension of Seth whether it was meant to be that way or not we did look to you for whatever it may be what I'm hearing is that Seth is a horrible person yeah, yeah. that's what I heard also definitely, <laughs> definitely. that's what I'm hearing also uh, so, well listen can we just before we get back to them I've yeah. really calm down over the last few years, yeah, especially no, since no, I've been no. over here with you. No, no, there's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind. You're, you're great to work with every single day. And, and so are you. What a D-bag. Right? Come on, dude. Don't, don't be like that now. 
I'm like, what? <laughs> Round you, two. You still have moments when when your when your presence can be a bit suffocating. And that's fine. And that's, that's what fine. I'm saying. And guess what? I'm not the only one with a knock. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying that the things that he's saying about Nikki are the things that I, I would say about and you. And my thing with Nikki is that I used to be that way. And right. then I had to realize Nikki is like 10 years younger than me. Yes. I've been doing this a lot longer than she has. It took me a long time to realize the effect that I had on the people in the room. And that's a huge thing because I know that you want to run a show one day. I know you want to be an executive producer. This whole thing, albeit I wanted to get a little bit of back and forth, I didn't want you to get upset. I wanted this to ultimately be a teaching moment for you, Nikki. Yeah, a teaching moment that could have been off air. Or you could have prepared me and I would have been okay Why with it. Why do I need to prepare you, Nikki? <laughs> I'm just saying. Why do I need to prepare you? Because I don't want to be in this situation. Well, why, but that's why, what radio is. Why is it that we can't even bring something up without you breaking down right now? Because this is this makes us all look awful, and that's not how that's not, not the intention. Us. What did you think was going to happen, Kevin. really? I what did that, you think was going to happen? I thought that he would say that you were overwhelmingly negative, and then you would say that you didn't think their show was that good, and then we go, hey, great, let's go on to the big three at three. Okay. But instead, you almost walked out of the room again on the first day back after a long, uh, long vacation. Again, I haven't walked out before. So I'm just, I'm, I, it's to the first day and I'm freaking crying. I'm over it. <laughs> like I'm over being painted this way well, and I'm over that I'm oversensitive. And I will say, and, and, and this is changing the dynamic here, uh, you know, just being, living this life and doing the things, I know Nikki's burnt out. I know she is in her defense to a certain extent. She's, I don't want to say checked out, but like, you know, I went through the route where I was potentially going to have that spot and things, you know, underlying circumstances didn't lead it that way sure. and it didn't work out for me. So I know she has an overwhelming amount of stress. She gets up at 4 a.m. to go work at Starbucks every day. I'm not painting her as a terrible person and I don't think she brought down our show and I do see things from her perspective. But at the same time, like Seth said, looking back on it, these were concerns that I've had, much like I'm sure you had concerns about some of the things that we did or said or talked about or handled things. So... Yeah, I mean, they weren't my favorite shows I've ever been on, and it makes me very grateful that I work with, you know, with these guys, but you guys are learning. And that's what I said. Every When I was getting, you know, being talking about content with Seth after the show, I was like, but they're learning. They're learning. Yep. And, I and, and, and we are, and, and, and you can be too. I'm not, I'm, yeah. I mean, I have not done like a burial job here or anything. I feel like I'm having to, you know, backstep things that I didn't even say. <laughs> I'm just saying that you should have told me. That you could have told me. Uh, maybe, That's all maybe, I'm saying. Maybe, maybe you're right. Do, do I think those things negatively affected the show as a whole? Probably not very much. You know, is am I, if things happen, if we were getting together again, you know, in two weeks and you were going to be here, maybe it would be something that I would bring up. But, I mean, to me, it was nothing that deserved for us to sit down and have a one-on-one, -on -one, and here we are. It's out in the open. I'm now, Nikki, here's the thing. I'm getting a lot of tweets from saying that we're attacking you. How come we can't just bring something up and, and have a conversation? That's a fine question. We're having a conversation. But we're not. Like, we, uh, you know, we, we get painted as attacking you when all we want to do is bring people who might have some issues onto the airwaves. We haven't said anything about your job performance, which is always exemplary, by the way. No, you basically just said I'm a negative energy that sucks the life out of a room. <laughs> That's what you said. I said that someone else said that, and it was suffocating. Thank you. Um, but, I mean... People say worse about... Okay. Listen, I, I talked to John because when we were talking about this bit off the air when Drew had that tease, Nikki goes, well, I'm going to read all the text messages you sent about the show. I was texting with Nikki about their second show that day because I wasn't a huge fan because I've seen better out of these guys, and I sat down on vacation for an hour 
and talked to John Senning about the show, and I told him things I didn't like, and I told him things that I think they can do better. And whether or not we need to have that conversation off the air, I still had it, and I, and I can have those open and honest conversations. Yeah, and I have no issue, by the way, with what you did or what you did or anything. I'm just here because Seth thought it would be a good idea to bring you two in and talk about it, and I'm I agree with I him. guess I just feel attacked. I shouldn't feel attacked. Seth doesn't have to give me a heads up. I'm sorry. I'm just a sensitive pansy. You're, <laughs> we're all sensitive. It's okay. It's okay. I just nobody is attacking you. We were just going to have a conversation. That's just the way it feels. So I'm sorry. It's okay. Now, where are your comedy gigs this weekend? Where you'll be appearing at the uh, <laughs> yeah, the ha 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 because uh, <laughs> he would have been gone. No, I know. <laughs> I know she would have been. Uh, all right. Well, listen. Love you. Love you. Love is you there both. anything? Can we say uh, something positive about each other now? Or? I I appreciate Nikki sacrificing uh, her time to come in here, and I apologize on behalf of the. Uh, organization that we can't fairly compensate her so that she doesn't have to work two jobs. Uh, to John, I appreciate you coming in and filling in, giving us live content when we can't be here. I appreciate you favoriting the tweets that say how bad our show sucks and how good you guys are. I have no idea what you're talking oh, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about that? You sent me a text message about that one. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yes, you do, because I told you to untweet them. Oh, did you? Yes, I did, you told, because you guys were... You told me that? Yeah, oh, here it when goes. you were doing... Or, you, no, I told Dennis. I'm yeah, sorry. I have no idea what well, you're talking about. Well, he should have told you, because your um, social media person was tweeting, saying how awful our show was, <laughs> then favoriting it, and then retweeting it on the bone. Okay. I apologize yeah. for him. Uh, I, there, there was a tweet, uh, I believe, that said... Wow, let's get these guys on from two to six every single day. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it was retweeted. I know it was favorited. It was brought to my attention. I wasn't too disturbed by it, uh, but I did think that it was like, let's say Jameis Winston gets hurt for the Buccaneers and Mike Glennon comes in and throws a touchdown pass and someone tweets the Bucs and says, finally, that bum Jameis Winston's out. Let's have Mike Glennon be our guy of the future. And then the Buccaneers favorite that, recognizing that Jameis Winston isn't that good. Yeah, like I said, I'm not just playing stupid here, although it may seem like I am. Uh, uh, Flo Monroe, he is our social. I'm not. I'm not even throwing him under the bus. If anything, he's he's uh, you know very. He's gung-ho. He does a lot, if, if anything, a little overboard at some time. So I know for a fact he wouldn't have favored it and retweeted that with those actual feelings in mind. So nah, Flo would do that. If that did take place, it was nothing but a sheer accident, and, and I apologize for, for, for that if that did happen. It did, and it's okay. Yeah, that, that was... That it's was a right. mistake. It was okay. We, we, we all make Drew mistakes. was the one who was really bothered by it. I was not bothered. I simply texted you and said, you know, hey, I, I don't know that this was what the best look and was. you know what I did with my experience, which maybe 10 years ago would have been different? I, I, I didn't text those guys. I didn't say anything. I just right. told Nikki, I go, I don't know who's doing social media, but it's getting a little bit out of control. Well, sure. I mean, and just on, on the flip side of that coin, I hope with the little bit of repertoire or the more than a little bit of repertoire I have with you guys, you would know I would never personally co-sign on anything like that. I do know that. Yeah. Okay. We know. Gosh. This, this you want me to give you a little positivity to wrap this whole thing oh, up in a bow? I don't know if it's going to be positive for John right now. Jacob, two yeah. times, you are the bow yeah. that wraps all of this up. Guess what? You're pantsless. I have to give it all to... I have to give it all to my friend Nikki. Oh, sorry, John. Nikki you're the bad guy. Good job. Well, thank you. Uh, what did you think about those crowded table guys? I thought they were great on the show. I thought they were so great. Thanks, man. Do you think I, miss I was you, John? Oh, <laughs> hey, buddy. Do you think I was too mean to Nikki? No, not as mean as Jake was to Nikki. You better believe that. Oh, oh wow. Oh, you might have some inside goodness, insight. Goodness gracious. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Nikki did a good job at filling in for you. And see, 
And so she was the reason why I called your show every two days that every two days that week. You know oh, what I'm thanks. saying? That makes me feel good. Her, you, know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, so, important question, Jacob. Did you listen to yourself on the uh, on the best of yesterday, the birthday party that we had for you? I sure did. What'd you think? <laughs> it was good. It's pretty great, right? Yep. It I, was pretty great. I enjoyed it. It gave me a nice, warm, fuzzy <clears throat> feeling, and the the. Uh, the heartfelt emotion that you expressed to Nikki and then the emotion that she expressed back to you, it, it made me really want to get in here and, and, and come in here and, and, and share these beautiful moments that I've gotten to share the last 15 minutes with my friends. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, right? And so Nikki is so sweet. She sure is. <laughs> well, what'd you get for Christmas, Jacob? <laughs> what did I get for Christmas? I got, <clears throat> I got 70. Cold. Cold. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Merciful. Crunchy. Yeah, I hope we got some Hall's mental lip. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Take a breath. Take okay, a breath. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's just all calm down. <laughs> take, I don't want anybody oh, dying here. They just... <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. When Drew gets it, you sure did crack me up. Thank you, but I don't want to put you in a coffin. Like, let's just... No, 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 no. You're not. You're not. You're all not. Right. You're not. Hey, guess what? What? Did you hear the part where did you... I don't know if you heard this or not, though, but did you hear the part where Nikki said something about me and her being the best phone screener? Did you hear that part? That was that was on Monday. John, fill in on that. John, fill him in on that. John, okay. fill, in. fill in on that, will you, John? I've got no fill in, yeah. Yeah, he's got no fill in. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I, oh, man, I told oh, him that he only said this said I was the best phone screener while I was on the phone with him. If Carmen was in person, he would have said that, too, because he called Mike Calta show that day and said that she's the best. Oh, oh man, oh, man, oh, man. Well, Nikki, guess what, Nikki? You did an awesome job at filling in. You better believe it. You better believe it. Jacob. You did an awesome job. I love you, Nikki. Love you, too. Oh, let's go. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. So back to what I got for Christmas. I got $70 from I got seventy from my parents. I also got a 50-pack of CDs, Ooh. Some, some headsets from Caleb and Carolina, uh, a protein bar from Caleb and Carolina, and I did get to see Caleb and Carolina last night, too. Can you believe that? Wait, was it just one protein bar, Jacob, or a whole box of them? It was just one protein bar, boy. Hey, boy, you want to guess what I had for lunch today? Here we go. Now things are back to normal. <laughs> What'd you have for lunch? Uh, you want to guess, boy? Okay. I do. I will say that you had that protein bar on pumpernickel bread. Ooh. You're so wrong, boy. You're so wrong, boy. So, Brother Kevin, you uh, want to guess? Yes, you had a whole chicken. Uh, you're so wrong. You're so wrong. Okay, 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 okay. I'm... Okay, 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 okay. I'm giving it to my sweet friend, Nikki, who I'm not trying to make cry today. I'm oh, trying to make her laugh. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, uh, so uh, Nikki is going to guess that you had a turkey on Swiss from Subway. You're so wrong. You're so wrong, Drew. You want to guess what I had for lunch today? Right, uh, it's something that produced a lot of phlegm because I can hear it in his, <laughs> in his throat. Five Guys Burgers and Fries. You, you had five guys in your mouth. No, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my in my lunch today, and it was good. the roof of his yeah. mouth. He's all, you still got some of that peanut butter stuck on the roof of your mouth there, Jacob. No, no, Drew, come on, Drew, come on, Drew. I, I know you're being funny with me today, Drew. Sorry, Drew, my, my cat's what? going. What? Yes. <laughs> Let's get this guy a gallon of Deer Park or something to wash it down. <laughs> Poland Springs. 
Uh, yes, what, what, Jacob? Um, I sure did like it when you cleared your throat on the microphone last year and you went <clears throat> like that. I sure did like that. That's what I do best, Jacob. Thank you. That's I why sure, they pay me the I big sure bucks. I sure do like that. I sure do like that. Well, Drew, guess what, Drew? Boys, so brother Kevin and Nikki, I sure... I sure did miss you guys, and you were away last year. You know that? Well, thank you. We're back now and uh, and better than ever, Jacob, and ready to deliver three hours of quality radio for you today. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. And yes, and hmm? and yes, I did hear some of the in-your-face with Drew Garabo on the, Boy, on the best of stuff. You better believe that. That guy sure was a jerk, huh? Oh, man, oh, man. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Oh, man. Drew, guess what, Drew? That well, guess what, Drew? Guess what, Drew? That is definitely not you. No, certainly not. I've outgrown that, and now I'm Drew Garabo live, Jacob. Yeah, I know, right? I know, right? And um, yeah, I know, right? I know, right? And okay, and guess what? Guess what? Um, two oh. people jump out of a plane. One's a blonde, one's a brunette. Which one gets the ground first? Oh boy, it's more blonde jokes. Yeah, Why does he hate blonde? So what, what happened between Jacob two times? A They're blonde? fun and easy to remember. Okay, uh, let's see. Okay, uh, a blonde and a brunette. Jump! I'm trying to remember back to like 1996 when blonde jokes were a thing. Okay, so a blonde and a brunette jump out of an airplane. Which one hits the ground first? Well, I would assume, even though they're probably of different weights, I believe it was one of Newton's law that told me that they that they will both hit the ground at the same time. But I I, no. I, I assume for comedic purposes that this joke would imply that one of them hit the ground. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. The brunette because the blonde has to stop and ask for directions. <laughs> it's very good. Now, okay, okay, uh, okay. Go okay. Ahead, we gotta go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but Jacob, like, how, a million of them. How could she stop her and ask for directions if she's if she's in midair? Where is she gonna stop? There's no one that's gonna disperse directions while she's in midair. That makes no well, sense. Because the construct of the joke is flawed. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I know, right? Hey, Drew, guess what? Drew, you wanna you. You and Nikki want to give me your best um, Andrew Dice Clan impressions? Come on, Drew. It's been a year now since you and Nikki did this. I don't think it's been a year. I, I just think we have not done it in the no, new year. it's been a year. In the new year. <laughs> yeah, uh, come on. Come on, Drew. Come on, Drew. Well, uh, oh. sure. I, uh, okay, I'll let you go, and then I'll, uh, I'll give you what you want. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> I'm not feeling very dice-like today. Yeah, Jacob's running a whole show here. He's having you do bits. He's telling jokes, making you play games. It's a ringmaster. All right, so everybody cool? I know that we're in our neutral corners right now. Nikki's being worked on by Custom Auto. Ugh, yeah. You all right? Nah, you good? Nah, not really. What's wrong? I don't know. I don't feel good about anything. <laughs> oh, man. What do you yeah. feel bad about? I don't know. Everything. I feel bad that things went south. Yeah, I just, I'm not in a good, yeah, I don't know. And people now are, I feel like, and I think Flo's mad at me because I threw him under the bus about the. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had no option. I, 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 <laughs> By the way, I feel like Bragg just tweeted Jacob two times does blonde jokes because his Jew jokes aren't clean enough for the radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Um, uh, is there anything uh, positive? Did we already do this where to say something to Nikki or where you guys can remain friends? Uh, I hope we I hope we can remain We're friends. Yeah, we we are, we are friends. I have many positive things to say about her. I think she is a a, a great person. I think uh, I mean a very fun when we're out just hanging out or even when we're chatting here in the in the uh, the the halls, whatever it may be. We are always 
we have a friendship. There is nothing, uh, you know, outside of that 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 I hope can change that. I but. know, I know where Nikki's coming from because I was Nikki, and it takes a while. I mean, you might not ever grow out of that where where you all of your emotions are on your face, but it's just something that if this is what you want to do, and I know it is as an executive producer, you're gonna have a host that leans on you, and you, you gotta be that rock for them, especially if they're insecure, like most are. Okay. Yeah, like. Here's how I see things. If I were those guys, very young and very new, I would want nothing but positivity. I don't think I, I don't think I would want, not the truth, but like. Well, it's tough because those guys are coming on a station with established shows, established hosts. It's not like they're just cutting their teeth in the middle mm. of the night. They're on prime well, time. And I don't, I don't want it to be seen, you know, come off as I need to be handled with kids' gloves and I can't hear the truth. And right. If anybody has a negative thought about me or the show, I can't deal with it. You know, but when you when you're in the trenches and, mm. and you're feeling it, uh, you know, I, I just maintaining a sense of positivity in the room so that you can keep going and talk going back to specifics that Sasquatch interview break and the break after it were probably the two worst of the two days because I it took a second to rebound from that the, mm. the life had been essentially sucked out of us after that break and um you know and it she's not going to be there she's not our mother she's not going to be with the show forever so whether it's whether it's Dennis or somebody else you know to just kind of keep things straight and narrow and say we're we got this we're still we're still going and i didn't right. feel like we had that all the time and that's for us to look in the yeah. mirror just as much as as, as the pointy finger of nikki so but i, I, I will from. also say that nikki was not put in the room to be that positive influence she was put mm. in the room to strictly run the board for those guys right strictly yes nikki do you still feel like you're under uh fire no, under not attack at all. no it's what this has nothing to do with you at, at my moment right now has nothing to do with you guys it's cause I'm getting off air, so. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Meanie bobinis. Yeah, a little, a little, a little dead cat to start the show. A little crying girls in the second. Just <laughs> that, that. Look, I'm just showing people that 2016 really wasn't all that bad. <laughs> it's just sure, it's a tough spot for both sides. Agreed. And I like both of you a lot. I did really not want this to happen. I did not want to come in here and, and, and make her cry. Well, nobody, nobody, feel- nobody did. I was hoping that we could just, you know, hash this out. But. It's like uh, it's like the backup quarterbacks in, and there's a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're going to throw some interceptions. And it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that you threw an interception with the Sasquatch interview. It's just you you had a play designed, and the play didn't exactly I, r- come the way you wanted it. Well, if we're talking specifically about that, I don't really know. I still haven't gathered my head around whether or not that was as I mean, we had the full board of phone calls of people who wanted to talk to this guy. Uh, I mean, well, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, you could ask people what their favorite colors, and they well, would call up. Well, really? Here, What's your favorite color, everybody? <laughs> yeah, 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 John, here's something that Shark told me, and I know you haven't had a whole lot of time to sit down with John Brennan, but it's never as good as you think it is, and it's never as bad as you think it is. I, I heard it. This, always. This That's what he said, said about that, Winston's yeah. first game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just got to always carry that with you. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. And, and like I said, if, if, if we're taking away probably our biggest weakness right now, it's that we're in our own heads. Every single thing we do on, you know, at any moment when the mics are on, we're going to overanalyze. And you so. can't be on this station because they'll give you feedback with every single word that you say, and it's not always going to be overwhelmingly positive. That is also true. They still do it to us, and uh, it's not overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Nikki, don't answer any of these people. Hold on. Drew Garabo live. Go ahead. Hey, Nikki's awesome. She's doing a great job. I feel bad. How dare you say such things about her? Oh, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Thank you. That's very. Thank you. That's very sweet of you. I agree with you, by the way. Thank you. All right. right. I'm sorry you have to deal with calls like that off the air, Nikki. Hi, Drew Garabo Live. Who's this? Hello. Coward. Drew Garabo Live. With whom am I speaking? 
A coward? Thank you. Wow. It might be. And they were. All they wanted to do was say mean things to Nikki. Now they sense blood in the water like the sharks that they are, except they're dumb sharks. Been waiting for this moment for quite some time. I became familiar with Mika Grimes through the national media when her husband was with the Miami Dolphins. There was an incident where uh, she was, in my opinion, accosted by a couple of uh, security guards who uh, probably had a little bit of uh, chip on their shoulder and mm -hmm. point to prove and uh, didn't allow Miko to enter an entrance where she had been entering to the game. She knows how to push buttons. She definitely is outspoken. She gives zero Fs and takes zero S. And uh, she's good enough to join us on the phone right now. Ladies and gentlemen, making her Tampa radio debut, the one and only Miko Grimes. What's up, Miko? Hey, guys. How are you? Doing great. Thank you very much. It is an honor uh, to speak with you now on my radio show after I've to you, spoken to you on your very popular and successful podcast. Thank you for breaking your uh, self-imposed boycott during the season of Tampa Radio. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, I'm just doing what my husband tells me to do. You know, a lot of people think that I don't listen to him, but I do. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, I think people assume that because you're so outspoken that somehow that causes rifts in the locker room or with management and your husband Brent Grimes but in actuality uh he gives you the freedom to be Miko right well yeah he's always told me that you know he's a fan of people being themselves so I've been the same person since the very first day I met him I met him talking trash to him <laughs> so he kind of knew who he was dealing with, and he likes who I am, and I like who he is. So we allow each other to to be each other so long as it doesn't get in the way of, of what we're trying to do. And our goal isn't always everybody else's goal, you know? So people need to understand that when things are happening, it doesn't matter what you would do. It's what we want to do, you know? Yeah, and, and what I like is that people think that they are allowed to impose what they think is the right thing to say and do, and, and they want you to conform to what they think an NFL wife should do or tweet right. or say or act like when you, <laughs> you're you not exactly receptive to that kind of feedback, are you? I actually, I actually, actually hate that the most. Actually, when people try to tell me who to be and what to say and what to do, I do my very best to offend them as quickly and as rudely as possible when they do that because I don't come on their Twitter telling them how to act how to be whatever wife or a husband of, of whoever they're married to. And so I just think that people telling me how to be, to, to be in some type of box or bubble that they're comfortable with, with an NFL wife, I think is ridiculous. And so I, I just let them know how I feel about it anytime they do that. Yeah. And it's really fun. Yeah, oh, oh, and, and it's it's a fun read. Believe me, when you when you go to iHeartMiko on Twitter, you're gonna get uh, the unbridled, unfiltered Miko Grimes. And you gotta love what happened in the game this past weekend when Cam thought that he could pick on, as your word said, the old washed up short guy in the second, send him on dummy go routes in the first, thinking that he'd be tired. When look, look, all Brent did was read the route, pick it off, and run it in for six. Yeah, you know, I saw some um, Panthers media people send me links to all kind of stuff, and the Panthers media was saying, you know, it wasn't Brent, it was Cam. You know, his arm, he has a shoulder issue or something like that, and that's why the passes were a little off. And when you watch the film, that just discredits all of that. Brent was just on it, you know? Like, there's just some people that 
are really, really talented. And, and every time Brent does something incredible, I, I always somehow hear people saying, oh, it was a bad throw. Oh, the receiver didn't run the route well. It's like no one ever wants to just give him credit for being dope. And that's so annoying to me. Like, why couldn't it just be that he was on it? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what, another thing I love about what you say is that if someone comes into your mentions uh, talking crap, uh, you will f- you will flip on them with a quick, yeah. sudden, and thorough viciousness. Uh, you don't, however, create problems for him in the locker room because you haven't tweeted anything about the Tampa Bay Bucks organization or any of the players yet. Is there anything that you'd like to say now that the season is over? Um, I just want to say it was really, really fun to watch that team develop. Um, you know, I'm watching it from, with a different eye. You know, I obviously have an advantage knowing some things. And, you know, I just really, you know, would have been even more excited had we not had the injury so that people could have seen our true potential. Because, man, it was really exciting. It was really fun to just see it all happen and, and have the excitement of possibly making the playoff. I know that this is still a big year for the Bucks organization, winning nine games. And I just think the team is very, very talented, like extremely talented. And, and without the injuries, the world would have seen it. But you got to take the injuries and the L's with, with the W. So, you know, it was really fun. And that's all I got to say. I, I got I, I, I like the whole team. I liked, I liked everything. Very good. I, I have, no, I have no complaints, no issues. There, my husband was happy. That's what it is. If he's happy, I'm usually happy. So, I'm sure, you saw a very happy Brent Grimes this year. <laughs> outside of some, some games that he lost, that they lost, but he was very happy. He felt comfortable with the team, with the city. So it was great. Right on. Soul Brother Kevin, a question for iHeart Miko. Yeah, yes, Miko. Have you been approached to be on any reality TV shows? Uh, yes. Is quite that, for quite a few years now, uh, hubby has declined, has not allowed me to do any of those. But he is softening up now, so who knows? <laughs> he, he wants. He says that he wants me to do it because he does feel like people just judge me. I'm. I'm not. I have a Twitter. I have a social media personality. Mm. You know, sometimes she's a bitch. I can say that right. Sure. <laughs> and sometimes she's the wife and a mother. You know what I mean? So. People only latch on to the bitch. They don't ever get to see the other sides of me, you know, how I take care of my family, how I am with my husband, like, you know, behind closed doors and with my son and with actual people that know me, you know. And so he was just saying that it would be a good chance for people to come into our home and actually see, you know, who I really am as opposed to, you know, just the, the, I only get, I only trend when I'm being a bitch. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of why I do it. I need. I, I always have a, a message to my madness. So, no you doubt. know, I have to point the cross, and sometimes you have to get. You know, with social media, people that the people that control the media, you know, want clicks. They don't care about content. They don't care about it being true. So sometimes when I'm saying something true, I just will have to act a little crazy to get my truth out. I hear that. So, Seth Kushner, a question for Miko Grimes. Miko, are you in Sage Steel Cool right now? Oh, I can't cuss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I almost, you almost got me with the dumb button. No, I don't like her. I don't. I don't. I used to really have a lot of respect for her as a journalist. When I was when I um, retired from playing football in two thousand six, she was one of the women that was what I considered at my level at the time. She was doing just basic entry level journalism and stuff on ESPN and 
And I was just, you know, looking at her career and thinking to myself, you know, if I could, you know, do what she's doing and get where she's going, like I would feel like I was, I succeeded. She was somebody I used to look up to. And the more and more I dug into her um, life, her personal life, is when I realized she didn't even like herself. She doesn't like being black. She she thinks that, you know, having a white husband makes her somehow superior to other black women. And it's kind of embarrassing. And I never really outed her because I'm not really on this whole, I don't I don't like to attack, you know, and it's not like, like I enjoy attacking white people or something like that. It's just that I try my best not to attack black people because it's such a stereotype that we all kind of attack each other. But she left me no choice when she came at my my uh, receiver. Like you can't, she somebody should have sent her a memo. Like do not say anything about the books because I'm coming for you. It's mm-hmm. gonna happen. And so when she came for Mike Evans, I saw that as an opportunity, a pass for me to get her black. You know what? Together because I don't like her. I don't like how she acts. I don't like the things that she says. I don't like her viewpoints on, on on black issues. She does. She comes from a place of ignorance. You know, just just not being educated and informed. You know, you're a journalist. You know that anytime you attach your name to a story or put your opinion out there, you should be educated. You know, and the fact that she was was going at Mike Evans for not standing for the national anthem, yet the fact of the matter is the NFL is actually paid for those patriotic salutes by our Defense Department. So if Sage still has an issue with fake patriotism, she should take it up with the NFL. Why doesn't she tweet them and say, hey, NFL, hey, Defense Department, how come you guys are faking patriotism? How come you guys just started forcing players to do this in 2009 just so they could get higher ratings of enlisting and also get more military people to come to games, which would increase ticket sales? That's all it was all about. But she wants to go at a player who actually is kneeling or sitting for something he felt. And, you know, he was bullied into not doing that, I feel like. I felt like the media and everyone bullied him. And I thought it was wrong. I thought she shouldn't have attached her name to that. She's misinformed. And I, I really wanted to smack her, but, you know, I can't be doing stuff like that because I'm a mother <laughs> and I can't go to jail anymore. Anymore. <laughs> Back in the day, though, she didn't want to catch you in your 20s, right? Man, if I wasn't famous right now, I would smack the entire BS out of thing. We were joined by Miko Grimes, one of the most outspoken personalities walking the earth right now. One of my favorite things that you've ever tweeted is, y'all really call athletes heroes. No wonder your kids are so lost. They look up to someone you tell them is a god instead of you. Y'all weird. Isn't that so bizarre that we live in a culture, Miko, where instead of being the role model for our kids, parents want to look at an actor, a musician, or an athlete and say this. Someone they don't even know. Right. This is the guy that you should emulate when they know nothing about what that person does off the field. That's so weird to me, too. Yeah, because you know what? An athlete is an entertainer. They're selling entertainment. They're selling an image, an idea. Just because he has a microphone in front of him and he says some things, that doesn't mean that's how it truly feels. Athletes are trained to say things, you know? Mm-hmm. They have to do it. They have to sell tickets. They have to do it. And that doesn't mean that they're all good people. You know, like you're judging someone off of what they do when the microphone's not in front of them and when the lights and the camera's on. on. They're regular people just like everyone else. They're going to get DUIs. They're going to smack their lives. They're going to be inappropriate in public. These are normal human beings. So if I were a parent, which I am now, you should have your children follow you, emulate you in the things that you do. You should be their, you should be your children's very first role model. 
And if they were to go on to someone like LeBron or Kobe or some of these famous athletes, allow them to do that on their own. It shouldn't be something parents push upon children. And they also shouldn't put the pressure of an athlete of being perfect for children. That's not who they are. They're just very talented at something. We're all talented at something. Wouldn't you hate it if if, if radio guys, you guys had to literally be perfect? Like, Ugh. all the time, oh. your every move was scrutinized, and you could get fired for simple things that everyone else gets, it happens to them. If you, if you get a DUI and you don't miss work, it could kind of go unnoticed if you work at a regular company or something. Right. But an athlete gets a DUI, they lose money, they might get kicked off of a team, everything. I just think it's very unfair, and I think that the fans assist in, in hurting the athletes, and I think a lot of them like it because they're jealous. I agree. And I, and I think a lot of the people that tweet you with a lot of venom are probably frustrated that they did not accomplish much in their life and they right. want to lash out at somebody because you've gotten yourself, aside from what your husband does for a living, you've you've achieved a level of notoriety that they would kill for being a Twitter troll and, and probably a little bit of jealousy there. Yeah, I get called a gold digger all the time. And I am. You know, I'm a gold digger, G-O-A-L digger. And any woman that wants to be with a guy that's successful is considered a gold digger. I like success. I like successful men. My husband happens to be a successful man. Before him, I dated other successful men. That doesn't mean I'm a gold digger. I want somebody that's on my equal level and playing field and, and, and as far as, you know, my goals and the things I have to do. I didn't even know if my husband was going to make it in the NFL. Like, I, 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 when I met him, he wasn't a star. I didn't even know he was on the team, and I was covering the team at the time. Wow. I was in Atlanta. I had a radio show. I didn't even know he was on the team. And so it's funny that people just automatically assume something about you because you date an athlete. It's almost as if they think athletes, no one can truly actually love them for who they are. Like, we all only love them for their money. <laughs> That's it. Right. Like, no one really, really loves them. But, you know, it's only because of what he can provide for me. Let me tell you, I go above and beyond for my husband. I try to give him the same thing that he gives me. Oh, yeah. And if you don't see that in what I do put out in social media, then you just don't like me anyways, and I don't like you either. And that's why I feel so much trash about You really don't like me if you're calling me a gold digger. There's nothing golden and digging about me. I, I shop at Target. All my maxi dresses, my sandals, all of it, knock off. Like, that's just the kind of girl I am. The only thing I don't knock off is Jordan. But I'm a simple girl that likes simple things and i take care of my family and i don't take any you know what i love it her uh, podcast is available on itunes i heart miko podcast that's m-i-k-o uh, miko since you are a football expert any predictions on the playoffs this year um i'm gonna i'm gonna Brent sitting next to me i, I know that he's gonna hate on me i want to take atlanta out of the nfc i really do mm. mainly because of their offense they have the most consistent offense to me um, in the NFC. And um, even though they don't have the best defense, but offense wins for the most part. And um, if they could just make sure their defense doesn't get in the way, mm. I would take Atlanta out of the NFC right. right now, just today. Just just looking at offense and scoring points and, and, and getting getting numbers on the board. That's really what matters in the NFL. That's what matters. And the Falcons have done it consistently the entire season. So I would go with them on the NFC. And, of course, I'm, I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady. Um, they got to lose for me to say they lost because I'm never, never going to say it. 
but I would go with uh, the Patriots out of the AFC. Yeah, I, an early prediction. Well, I mean, it's tough to go against them. Tom Brady is uh, is perfect. Uh, yes, Seth, a uh, question for Miko. Uh, Miko, yeah. one last question for you because I know that you are an expert and I'm a huge football fan. Besides Mike Evans, and you watch a ton of football, who would you say is probably the best wide receiver in the NFL? Julio Jones It's not even a question. I saw some, some numbers about T.Y. Hilton passing him on some statistic, and, and it was like 187 more snaps or something like that, and it's just like, I don't know. I think Julio Jones is the best receiver. T.Y. Hill is obviously a great receiver, too. But I just think people take numbers way too serious. They don't just turn the film on and see who's great anymore. Everybody's stuck on PFF and all these websites that calculate numbers before the film, the coach's film even comes out on Tuesday. I think that's pretty embarrassing because they're usually incorrect with the numbers and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Miko, you take Julio over Antonio Brown? Absolutely. Any day of the week. It's no shade. No shade. It's absolutely no shade at all. It's not any – Antonio is incredible. Six. I'm taking Julio. He's fast. He's strong. Uh, he runs great routes. He, you know, he could do everything. He blocks yards after the catch. He goes up and gets the ball. Like, Julio. Mm. All right, there we go. Miko Grimes joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm sorry for the uh, – I mean, the guy doesn't work for us, and, and he's a competitor of ours, but uh, that drunk a-hole <laughs> across the, uh, across the uh, city who said horrible yeah. things about you, you know that uh, that we have nothing but love for you. We are here for you whenever you need to get something off your chest. Same thing with your husband, and, uh, and congratulate him on a strong season. We got behind the team this year, and we'd love to see them make the playoffs next year. So never stop being you. I, I say that to you on Twitter, and I say it to you here. Uh, you're a breath of fresh air in this world of contrived and fake people. You keep it real, and uh, it's an honor to speak with you on my show. Hey, and thank you so much, Drew. You know, because a lot of the media kind of turned on me real quick, and um, you guys never did that. You just kept it true and, and allowed me to explain myself and, and moved on like like real men do. So I appreciate you guys just embracing me even and not jumping on the hate bandwagon never. like everybody else does. So. Nope. You Good you keep it yeah, yeah you keep it one hundred with us we keep it one hundred with you and uh, we hope you stick around in Tampa for a long time and uh, definitely enjoy yourself in the first right. part of January two thousand one seven thank you thank you guys have a good show all right you do your uh, best have a great day wow she's something man I know and on her podcast by the way she lets loose she she does not hold anything <laughs> back there are a lot of her tweets that I would love to read to you but they're pretty obscene. Oh, my favorite one is uh, her commenting on playing the Bucks defense in her fantasy football league. Y'all really thought I'd start another defense in my fantasy football league when Brent Grimes eats my every day? Y'all foolish. For dinner. And it's not what y'all think. <laughs> it's the other one. It's, it's, it's back there. Did, did you think for a second when she said Brent's right next to me, you'd be like, could you pass the phone to him? No, uh, I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, just uh, He's not real. You know, he, he lets her. No, yeah, no, I know. But, you know, hey. Make the ask. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Maybe he's got some things to get off his chest. (laughs) No, when I did her podcast, he called her and she's like, oh, hold on. I got to talk to daddy. Oh, during the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's daddy. Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. No, he's he's daddy. I've I've never been daddy. You could be daddy. What are you then? Yeah, you're daddy. Phoebe would say that you're daddy. No, I'm I'm just Seth. (laughs) No, you're daddy. How many are, are you daddy? No. Yeah. Hey, Nikki, is Moby daddy? (laughs) No. Okay. No, no, Moby's not daddy. No. SPK's daddy. I'm Big Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.